Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. You're welcome along to the Build Up, our weekly look ahead to the sporting weekend here on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Today we're going to be looking at football in the Premier League, which we haven't in a couple of weeks. Later on we'll have a rugby show with Stephen Ferris, but delighted to be now joined by Kevin Doyle as always. Kevin, how are you getting on? I'm good, Mick. And yourself? Ah, oh, not too bad. No, not too bad. There's been a, there was an Irish guy at a, starring in the Champions League last night, which is something that we're not used to seeing. And a, a 22 year old Irish goalkeeper at that, keeping a clean sheet, uh, um, to, making two amazing saves, and having the manager run straight to him after the game. Uh, which Klopp is, let's face it, uh, has a tendency <laughs> standard. To do. Yeah, exactly. But you know, that's not a, not a night uh, Kevin Kelleher will forget too easily. No. Brilliant. Um, and it could easily, like, you know, it can easily be the other way. You know, he had to perform and make those saves. He could have easily conceded a few goals and people are saying he's not ready and he's only young or whatever. He didn't. He stood up being a man about it. You know, looked looked like he was there all his life. Um, uh, and I think, you know, from an Irish point of view, I can't think of anyone other than Shea Given playing the Champions League and maybe I'm wrong um, as a goalkeeper. Um, no, correct me if I'm Shea, wrong. Yeah, I think it's scratch, yeah, scratch my head on that one. Yeah. Um, he kept the clean sheet, and you know, Darren Randolph has been excellent for a very good goalkeeper. But we, you know, he hasn't been playing, and it's good to get someone, you know, another, you know, good goalkeeper putting pressure on him and giving an option to Stephen Kenny. Um, if he does, you know, it's unlikely he's he's going to be the Liverpool goalkeeper in the short term. But maybe you know, as, as they've plenty of games, they've plenty of cup games, European games, whatever, he'll get his chance. You'd imagine. Um, and if not, you know, he'd be on the radar for some some of the bigger clubs in the championship, maybe to go on loan to get experience. Um, you know, he's a really, really, you know, exciting prospect for us. We always have really good goalkeepers, Ireland. It's not a place we're lacking in, but, you know, just in the last year or two, it probably they haven't been starting as much as they like. So good to see someone like him come along, perform excellently, perform like he'd been there for years. So um, all positive for him. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things as well for him is that he... Uh, Klopp talked about afterwards that he went for him over Adrian because of his, you know, his footballing, his natural footballing ability, which is a great thing to hear him say because that's what's going to matter in goalkeeping yeah. more and more. Obviously, we had a, you know, it's always been Pep's way. Now it's Klopp's. And I think more and more managers are looking at this is a footballer. It's not just a shot stopper. This is going to be an important part of the game. And it seems like he's developed this a lot over the last kind of even 12 months since we would have seen him last in the League Cup. So the fact that he's been bumped up to genuine second place now is just a real sign that I think a lot of people would have only seen clips of him and mm. seen him in the under-21s or maybe like, you know, in, in a kids team in the League Cup conceding five goals twice last season thinking maybe this guy isn't quite at it. But when you see that someone like Klopp at a club like Liverpool are actually sticking with it and feel that this can he can get a lot better, then... You know, that's obviously such a good sign, you know, considering we'll probably only see him once every few weeks or few months. Yeah, well, like he's at one of the biggest clubs in the world um, and he's their second choice goalkeeper now. And he's got possibly the best manager in the world at the moment, um, singing his praises and playing him and starting and talking about, you know, you're talking about football and ability. It's the only, you know, every goalkeeper now has to be good, but not just being good with their feet. It's it's believing they're good. It's having a sort of a, an acting ability that, you know, as a centre forward going into closing down, you think this fella, I'm not going to get the ball off this fella. He's, he's comfortable with it. You sense it. Uh, me as a striker, closing down a keeper, sense he's nervous. I can close this fella down. Everyone feels we can go press here. This keeper is going to boot it out player. He's going to give us a chance, give it away. Whereas with him, 
with the really good modern goalkeepers, you think, oh, I'm wasting my time here pressing. He's he can, you know, he can maybe dribble by me, but he's not. He can clip it, he can play nice little passes. And that's that's half the battle. Being able to portray that that confidence on your team, on your defenders. Um, it's all well and good being able to pass, but you know, that psychological side of things, um, having that belief, having that stature where people second guess pressing you, give your defenders confidence that you're not going to put them in in the crap by with a silly ball to them or whatever. And and he gives that off. And that's, it's as important now, more important for a goalkeeper than, than the shot stopping. Um, listen, as long as he's able to save a ball, catch a ball within reason um, yeah. for most managers. Now it's, it's the other side. Yeah. Stephen Hunt is in the comments here. I presume it's the real Stephen Hunt. He must have lost your number. He's uh, <laughs> so not right, Kevin. I'm more interested. <laughs> Text in what me, he... Stephen. <laughs> must have lost your number. Yeah. I'm more interested in what uh, Hunty thinks of uh, Kevin Kelleher's uh, performance. Actually, if you're going, if you're going to get involved at all, Stephen, he um... was there with an agent's contract last night. I'm sure. <laughs> of course. I can make you a star, Kevin. <laughs> Um, before we leave Liverpool then so that I suppose their big talking point is that you know that was a good win for them last night over Ajax Klopp was absolutely delighted and it's because they had to play a lot of young players and a young team and you know he's been complaining about the injuries that they're getting it's part of being at the top you know some would say Gary Neville has stats to show that they're not actually playing any more games quicker than any other team over the course of the years but Klopp's like basically having a fight on BT on on Saturday morning about their fixture list and when they play. I'm just wondering what you think of that, first of all. And also kind of, you know, you're someone that you played in Premier League, played, you know, in various different places. And it's like, you do have different kickoff times all over the place. And I'm just wondering how much it actually does affect you. I suppose playing at half 12 is a very different preparation from playing at half eight at night or eight o'clock. Yeah, I actually preferred the half 12 kickoff, to be honest with you. Um, no, I, I, listen, it's the first time I've seen Klopp sort of have a good old rant and go. He's usually just... The one thing I've liked about him, he hasn't moaned about stuff over the years, and it's the first time I see him having a moan, you know, like, I don't know, you know, you just think, get on with it. Like, it's the same for everyone. Any of the top teams, it's pretty much the same. Listen, there's give and take a few hours between even the morning here and there, but it's pretty much the same. Um for all the leagues, they've all been affected by COVID. They're all trying to get the games in for TV. I listen, get on with it. You know, no one wants to hear it. We, everyone's affected. Everyone's life is affected. Everyone has problems. Just stop moaning about stupid stuff. You've won the league. You're doing well in the Champions League. You, yes, you're you're a great manager. Do you know? Just like it was Alex Ferguson's thing used to do it, but you, you could tell he was just putting it on to to get you know try get a. A okay. Saturday morning game maybe changed with Sunday. We're in Europe and we're away and all. And you can understand the frustration, but especially this year, it's not something to moan about. It's just the way it is. It's life at the moment. Um, like I, there, there, you know, they were talking. It was a Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville were talking about all oh, lack of preseason and this, that, and the other. Like the, the, the more the maybe lack of rest and switch off mentally. But they had a big rest when everything shut down to begin with. Listen, you're an athlete. You're looking after yourself. You're healthy. You. Believe me, you do so much now and you have so many programs in the off-season that your break or whatever it might be, um, I did a shorter break this year, but pre-season is less and less of an issue because you're so fit coming back anyway. Pre-season yeah. was a thing where you had two months off and you did nothing. You got fat and you went on holiday and you drank beer and you came back then and you sweat out for two months or whatever it might be. Now, you have, such a, you have a program to keep you as fit as you ever did during pre-season. You know, so you're coming back... The more the, the only thing clubs are missing with preseason, they don't get to go and make a load of money in America or Asia and play a tournament for TV there, where they play as many games anyway. So, like, I just ah, uh, just frustrates me that one. Um, no, I, no, everything, everything about that annoyed me, and, and in my opinion, <laughs> was wrong. But listen, 
you you'll get a sports scientist here who'll tell you maybe different. I don't know. Um, but when they, when Liverpool go to preseason and and the amount of travelling to, he's not arguing the flight Australia. That's not good for their body. The flight to Asia. You telling me that's great in preseason to do all that and go through all them time zones and and may, he's not moaning about that, you know. And and it's all right then to to do all this travel and play games when it's preseason and ideally you should be staying in Liverpool and and staying local and doing things right then and and all it's okay then to make a few quid and. And the players and managers are all getting bonuses for those tournaments. Not just the club making money, by the way. The players, you know, you win a pre-season tournament in Asia, you get plenty of money too as a player. So I, I know I was in South Korea with Reading in a great pre-season tournament and we were really pissed off because we should have won it and, and we'd have got a nice few quid each. So listen, yeah. it's all, it's all, <laughs> when it suits you, you have a, you have a moan and you play about it. When, it, when, when, when everything's cozy and, and, and all that and things are going right, you, you, you stop moaning. For sure, yeah. Uh, John, I think we might have lost Kevin there. Um, we might get him back in, in a second. Uh, John Spain is saying that stats are saying that injuries are up this year and that muscle injuries are higher from Saturday lunchtime chaos, which I think is true. There's, you know, the, the injuries this year, there is an issue there, obviously. But I suppose what Kevin is saying is that it is the is um, the same for everybody, really. And that, you know, Liverpool, it's the price of success, really, is that they'll have to um, is that they'll have to do that. Right, well, you're welcome back to the build-up on Balls of the Year weekly look ahead to the football weekend in association with Ladbrokes. I'm delighted to be joined again by Kevin Doyle. Um, Kevin, we um, we were talking earlier about uh, Jurgen Klopp and about Kevin Kelleher and stuff like that, but there's actually a big weekend to come in the Premier League, um, and we're going to play Ladbrokes 1-2-3, and actually we've got some really good games this week. I think all three of them are actually worth a conversation on their own. First up is uh, a, the brilliant kickoff time of 8pm on a Saturday. It's like we can't go out on Saturday nights anymore, so we may as well watch Chelsea and Leeds, a game from the 1970s. <laughs> Looking at my prediction here for it, Chelsea Leeds, old school, this one. Um, I have Chelsea to draw one all with Leeds. Um, Chelsea scoreless the other day against Spurs. I just think Leeds just have a confidence about them. Um, yeah. Why is old manager going to Chelsea? I just, I've, you know, I go with my gut feeling a lot of these things. I don't, I just feel, you know, I don't look too much into different things, but you try to get a little bit of information from the last few games. I just feel leads of enough to go to Chelsea and get a draw. Yeah, I see where you're coming from on that as well, because like the stats should probably tell you that Chelsea are going to win and that their, their, their results over the kind of not the top teams recently has been actually pretty strong. But you just trust Leeds, don't you, to kind of go and and not be beat. You know, there's something about them. It's not that they haven't lost games, but they you know. just kind of feel that they have it in them to go and get a result anywhere. And it's incredibly impressive for a promoted team. Yeah, it is. You know, to be saying, you know, that you have a bit of confidence in Leeds going to Chelsea and getting a one-all draw. I'm probably playing quite well as well, you know, just the backs to the wall one-all draw. Uh, maybe we're like, influ- we are influenced by Belsa and his aura and all that and all the talk about him over the last couple of years. But um, he does, He's, he gets results and him, an experienced manager, you know, seen it all going there against Frank Lampard, who's you know, not as wise yet. Um, that's sort of my, where my gut feeling is coming from on, on this one. Yeah, that's a big rivalry uh, going back to the kind of Johnny yeah. Giles, Chopper Harris days and everything like that. Despite no geographical uh, closeness between them, the two teams with actual geographic closeness between them are playing on Sunday, the North London Derby, Spurs and Arsenal. Spurs, top of the league, uh, flying under Mourinho. I suppose they didn't get their win against Chelsea, but again, solid enough performance and Arsenal, the complete other end of the scale altogether, have completely yeah. seemingly collapsed and just do not look like a good team at the moment. 
I know I love Roy Keane had a comment was it the other day I think he says they'll think they'll stay up <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was nice um <laughs> that was a good one um yeah hard to see another than Spurs winning this um like they, they had a nil-nil draw at Chelsea and it was a real you know boring nil-nil draw back to bus type job but you still think they'll at home against Arsenal who are really it's it's funny like they're they're doing probably you know as bad or worse than in recent years but there's not near as much or it doesn't seem to be from from my looking at it doesn't seem to be as much pressure on Arteta as previous mm-hmm. managers have had at Arsenal if they were in this situation so um he's been given a bit of license to try get get it right there um but I just think in this instance Spurs will have enough to win I'm not as I'm uh, I'm not, there's not really a good feeling on this one. This is more. I'm going on more on the on the stats on this one than than a good feeling. I don't have, I don't have one either way. I'm just on stats. I'm going with Spurs to win two 0 Two 0 for one two three. Okay, good stuff. I think I went for three one there. It's funny. You normally Arsenal have been in bad ways before, but you always kind of expect them to come in and get something or you know the, manage to to get a result in this particular fixture. But I, I actually don't know. I don't I don't feel like that's the case this time at all. And you're talking about pressure on Arteta. You know, I think, you know, after they, they were hammered to Villa, the international break, not too much was made of it, but they were so poor on Monday night against Wolves. And now you lose to Spurs and you lose handily to Spurs, that pressure will come very, very quickly, you'd imagine. Yeah, it will. He seems to deal with the pressure well. He's, um, I don't know. If I was an Arsenal fan, I'd like him to be a bit more, I don't know, a bit more about him on the touchline, a bit more, a bit more feel. I, I'm sure he cares and he's passionate to get it right, but you, you just. Um, you know, it's it's all we're a process. His interviews are sort of monotone. It's a process, and we're working on this, and we get it right, and all. And I don't know. You, I think they've heard that so much over the last years as well. Um, you know, can you go about and get it done now, please? Sort of thing. And get it done. Yeah. Um, especially against Spurs, like big London derby there, and um, Mourinho will be rubbing it in when they win. You can, you, just, <laughs> uh, you know, you just you, you feel if you're an Arsenal fan, you feel firm now, and. You, I'm sure they don't feel like they're going to get something from this game, which is probably, you know, which says a lot, doesn't it? It's the first time in a long time you'd saw Exactly, like, yeah. Are you going to win this one? Maybe they won't. I'd have to get it right and they win the game. But going into it, even having that feeling is not a good sign for, for Arsenal. For sure. So you've got your one-all draw at Stamford Bridge um, on Saturday night. The Spurs have already beaten uh, Arsenal 2-0. Uh, you've already got your €5 free bet heading into Liverpool versus Wolves at Anfield. What? How are you going to turn it into 100 quid? I'm going to I'm going to put a plug out there. I'm doing this one. I'm I'm doing the uh, punditry for this one for Premier Sports on Sunday. Anyone wants to watch? Um, I'm going to go for a two-one win to Liverpool. Um, listen, I like Wolves, and they're they're again having another fantastic season. But um, I don't know Liverpool. Um, just what more can you can sort of say about them a good good win the other night um, last night in the Champions League good performance with a big change squad rested players he'll have the he'll have their strongest 11 back out in this one and um, at home you just it's hard to you couldn't say another than Liverpool to win the game close enough I'm going for 2-1 Liverpool win yeah yeah you think Diego Diogo Jota uh, you know against his old club could have a say in that the form he's in at the moment um, can I just ask you quickly about Wolves because they won't have Raul Jimenez obviously for this game and just seeing those scenes on Monday night like it was um, you know it was quite disturbing and just as someone that uh, you know, you obviously had your own issues with kind of concussions and stuff, and kind of what what called an end to your career. 
when you see those things happening, and more importantly, almost that like there's going to be a clash of heads, and it was dealt with properly when it comes to Jimenez. But when you see what happens with Louise, yeah, do you think enough is done, and there's enough in the rules and regulations and the implementation of them in football? Considering, like you know, you've had your own experiences with them, when you well, see that, it must annoy you. Ever, I never had anything as bad as, as Jimenez as one. Sure, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, listen, a clash like that is going to happen. You can't, you can't change that. It's a sport, a contact sport. You're going to have clash like that. It's hoping to deal with it rightly. That they did. I, I would say they're on the right path. I think him, um, Louise's one. Like to me, listen, he might have passed those protocol tests on the side of the pitch, but that was such a, a collision, and he's bleeding from. You know, he's having to have a bandage around the head. I think you, yeah, better safe than sorry there, and you take him off. Yeah. Don't, don't leave him on. And I know from my own experiences, um, concussions take can take five, ten minutes before you really start to feel it and that you're concussed. You know, that initially you can feel fine. So I think for the avoidance of that, it's such an obvious collision, he's bleeding from the head, you go, you know what? I'm in control here. I'm the doctor, I'm pulling you out. And and that's something maybe which they'll they'll deal with going forward. I think even that we're having a discussion about it and and it's it's so aware now. They took him off a half time, but um that fact we're talking about it. I think football is doing the right thing. It's in the right, going the right direction. People are trying their best. They are well aware, but it's, it is an issue. As I was speaking about it earlier, now the fact that that head collisions, concussions, anything like that is is more serious, treated more seriously now than a hamstring strain or a calf strain or a knee injury. You know, five years ago, a calf strain was treated more seriously than a bang yeah. to the head. Oh, bang to the head, you can play again in a day or two. You're fine. Calf injury, oh, we better rest you. are out for a week or two. You know, so. Now it's it's gone the right way. It's treated seriously. It's treated the same or more important as it should be than any other injury. So that's you, you think you hope people and I think they are trying their best. Um, they're trying to do things as right as possible. Issues like the Louise one, I think, will be ironed out. And in that case, I think it was obvious. You know, obvious to me anyway. Looking at it, listen, should take him off for for the avoidance of mm. the better safe than sorry. It was an obviously big collision. So. Um, but I'm, I'm personally looking at football and I'd be happy that they're trying their best to do the right thing, get the protocols in place and treat it as seriously as it is. And, and you know, there's only you only so much you, do. you can't avoid collisions like that. You yeah. can try as well as you can. I think they are. I think they are. I'd be comfortable enough to say that I, I, I feel anyway that they're, they're trying to do the right thing. You're, you're try, people try to do their best and that's that's all they can do in what the yeah. knowledge they have and what they know. Yeah, that's an interesting point, though, because sometimes the strive for perfection can blind you to the progress that is being made, you know, yeah. so and, and, and things are a lot different than they were five years ago. That's actually a really good thing. And we shouldn't be probably giving out about it as much. But I just wanted to get your perspective on that, because considering you kind of, you know, you know, the situation so well, but you're one, two, three picks just to go again. You're going with uh, one all in Chelsea and Leeds. You're going with uh, two nil to Spurs in the North London Derby and a two ones uh, a squeaky win for Liverpool at Anfield against Wolves. You can play along one, two, three for absolutely free of course just pick your three fixtures the score lines if you get one right you get a one euro free bet if you get two right you get a two a five euro free bet and if you get all three you win a hundred euro cash on labbrooks.com kevin's obviously going to do that with those picks you can copy him if you want you know or you can just you know make your own if you think that he's off slightly um (laughs) but uh thanks a million for all that kevin and uh we'll hopefully talk to you again next week cheers mate great talking to you